it's just exciting to hear how the ladies have been impacted and there's just something about going away for a few days and and sitting under the ministry of God's word and having you know I guess that fivefold ministry uh, gifts that Vanessa has referred to uh, you know allowed to perfect us and there's something about that so ladies we you're excited and we're, we're excited about you and uh, praise God for all of our ladies here you're all beautiful and uh, and you know just don't let the devil hold you back you keep going in that momentum what you have received and uh, and don't let anybody or anything hold you back just go for it hallelujah just go for it praise God well it is a wonderful day today I want you to know it's just a fantastic day and because it's a very special day in many respects but uh, you know one of the reasons why today is very special is because of a special person and this is the man that's sitting in the front row and it's his birthday today Mr. Snethledge our very own Peter <laughs> there you go birthday card for you and a little present for you we want you to know that we love you Pete and that we appreciate you you know Peter is a very special person he's just quite a guy a, a man with an excellent spirit and we just love him for who he is and in everything he does and you know he does a lot of things in this church some things are visible and other things are, uh, are not so visible but uh, you know he just uh, does an excellent job in everything so thanks Pete for being you and for all the things that you're doing we just love you praise God well, I looked around before and I saw Michael and uh, Michael back from Colombia. Good to see you, Michael. You had a good time? Good on you. Fantastic. Michael and his wife and their daughter went back to Colombia for a few weeks and, uh, and went to visit family there. So it's good to see you back again. Praise God. Well, if you haven't got an outline in your hand, now would be a good time to raise it up and somebody's going to rush along and, and get you one. And uh, as I said, tonight's coming, but now is now. And God wants to speak to us now some more. So let's just look to the Lord right now. Um, I'm going to pray. We're com going to commit our time to the Lord, and we're going to focus now on, on what God wants to do with us right now. Because tonight's coming, and it's going to be awesome. But now is now. So let's look to Jesus. Father, we just want to thank you once again for your presence in the house. Uh, we thank you, Lord God, that, Lord, you've already touched our lives. We've been, Lord, touched by those testimonies that have been shared. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, Lord, in the lives of these ladies that have uh, uh, been to this conference and in others that have not been. Lord, we're all on a journey. And uh, today, Lord, we recognize that there is, uh, Lord, still some way to go. And this is not so much for us, but it's for you, Lord Jesus. You've got a plan. You've got a purpose. You've got a destiny. And we embrace it this morning. We ask you to speak to us and to show us the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are still speaking about the favor of God, and we've done so for a few weeks now. Um, I believe this coming Sunday in the morning, Pastor Vanessa is going to share the word, and of course in the evening service we will have a guest ministry, uh, Fergus McIntyre, and we're looking forward to that as well. But I guess just to, uh, by way of uh, review and by way of recapping before we start to cover new ground, let's remember that Jesus came uh, to, amongst other things, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord or the year of the favor of the Lord. That year or that uh, uh, period of the favor of the Lord started when Jesus Christ rose from the dead and it will end when Jesus Christ will return to this earth, which we know he will do uh, very, very soon. Uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 19 says, uh, this is Jesus speaking, he came to proclaim the accepted and the acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. Don't you like that? The free favors of the Lord profusely abound. And we're living in this uh, time period right now. Bible scholars call it the dispensation of grace or the dispensation of the favor of the Lord. And God has extended his favor toward every person alive today. Uh, and um, that will be alive before Jesus Christ returns. Uh, it is by that favor of God that uh, we come into right standing with God. It is by that favor uh, of God that healing is available to us today. It is by His favor that our lives are blessed and that we are empowered to prosper. As we've already heard this morning, that God's given us power to get wealth. And so let's not be shy, and let's not be religious about that. Let's just accept what God wants to do in our lives. Uh, 
Of course, uh, we are aware, and we know that not everybody receives the favor of God. Uh, for a start, not everybody gets saved. Uh, of course, people have to hear the gospel f before they can get saved. But sometimes after having heard, not everybody receives that favor uh, in, in terms of uh, getting on board with it. God expects you and me uh, to exercise our faith so that we can receive all the good things that he's made available to us. Uh, through his grace and through his favor. Of course, first and foremost, salvation. Salvation is the entry door into a pool of graces and favors that God has for every single one of us. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, there is uh, healing, there is restored lives, there is prosperity, there is peace. There are so many, many good things. Now, I would like to read this morning from, from Romans chapter 1, chapter 5, I should say, verse 1. And in the Amplified Translation, it says, Therefore, since we are justified, equipped, uh, I start again, we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and given a right standing with God through faith, let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy, peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Through Him also we have our access entrance and introduction by faith into this grace, the state of God's favor in which we firmly and safely stand. And let us rejoice and exult in our hope of experiencing and enjoying the glory of God. Now, this is just a fantastic passage. It's out of the Amplified Translation, and this the word Amplified, uh, uh, I guess, uh, indicates is that it amplifies the various shades of meanings that are in there. For me personally, I don't like reading the Amplified Translation for just general enjoyment. I get a bit lost in there, but for teaching, it's a fantastic translation because it really brings out different facets of the truth that are in there. So let's just break things down a little bit. Uh, and in terms of... Uh, getting into God's favor. Sometimes, you know, we are tempted as believers to try to earn God's favor, to try to get into it. Uh, it's like, what do I need to do to get into God's favor? But the Bible right here tells us that we're already standing in it because of Jesus Christ. And if you're born again, my friend, I want you to know that you're standing in the middle in the midst of God's favor already. Uh, and we'll touch on that just a little bit later on. But let's just have a look at various uh, aspects of what we find in the scripture here. Number one, it tells us that we are declared righteous. And please note, it's past tense. We have been declared righteous. Now, uh, it's been said before, but it's important to reiterate that we have not committed righteousness. We have been declared or made righteous. And that, of course, was done because of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross. That he's paid for our wrongdoings, for our sins, and now righteousness has been, uh, as, as Bible scholars call it, imputed to us. All right, undeserved, but it's been done nevertheless. Secondly, it says that we have been given right standing with God. Again, it's past tense. We have right standing with God. God is no longer mad with us. God is now looking upon us favorably. All right. Uh, then it also says here that we already have peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. We already have it. We're not trying to get peace with God. We already have it. Now, this is, of course, subject to us, uh, to everybody being born again. Uh, these blessings here are for those who are born again, who have surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. Peace with God. That's a good thing, uh, that we don't have to feel guilty uh, about anything. And if there is anything in our lives that's not right, then we just confess that to the Father. And the Bible says that uh, we have got an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And if we confess our sin, 1 John 1, 1.9, it says, If we confess our sin, that God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so that we are restored into that position uh, and, and into f in fellowship with God. It also says here that we have access by faith into God's grace and favor. Uh, we have got access by faith. And please underline that word. If you've got a pen in your hand, please underline that word there, by faith. This is very important uh, because these things uh, don't take place in our lives automatically. Uh, they have to be invoked by faith. 
Uh, that's why faith, that's one of the reasons why we speak about faith so much is because it is by our faith that we access all of these things. As I've said before, God extended all of these blessings and all of these favors uh, to us, but it is faith that reaches out to receive. And, uh, and it is important that we learn to exercise our faith uh, and that we, we, we reach out to receive those things that God has made available to us. And lastly, it says that, that we are standing already in God's grace and in His favor. And this is, I guess, one of the main aspects of what I want to uh, emphasize out of that passage here that we've just read, that we're already standing in God's grace and in His favor. All right, we're already standing in it. Um, and you know, faith believes, faith declares, and faith acts on God's word. Because that's our part. God's part is that He's already done the favoring thing and already put stuff on us and, and placed us into the middle of things. But our response to it is that we reach out by faith uh, to receive that which He has already done for us. Now let me also point out, and it's in the outline there, but attempts to earn God's favor are a demonstration of doubt instead of faith. And I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life when I have almost like uh, I've been tempted to try to earn God's favor. Maybe if I do this, maybe if I do that, God will favor me more. Uh, Frank, can I suggest that that is a trap of the enemy to get us out of God's favor? Because as soon as we try to earn it, we're really indicating that we're not in it already. And God simply wants us to accept it and to say, well, Lord, I believe it. I declare it. I'm favored by God right now. And then you act upon it, uh, which means we can hold up our head high. We don't have to grovel in God's presence. Uh, and when I say grovel, certainly we bow our knees before the Lord. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, we, we, we worship the Lord and all of that. But in terms of groveling like worms would, uh, we don't have to do that. Um, and, and uh, we just hold up our head high in God's presence. Uh, and, uh, and we look towards Him as our Heavenly Father. As has already been pointed out this morning that He's our Father. He's not just God, but He's our Father. Uh, he favors His children. Uh, and there's something very, very powerful about that whole aspect of simply receiving that favor that God has placed upon our lives. We're standing in the middle of it. It's like, if you, if you like, it's like a hungry person being shoved into a pantry uh, full of food and, uh, and just standing there and it's all around, but that person has not yet learned to use their hands and to reach out and, and to, to take of all of the good things that are right there. It's like standing at a banquet table. It's all laden all around us. And, and, and you and I, we have to re receive now and we have to reach out and lay hold of those things that God has already done for us. So the point that uh, we are, um, I guess, emphasizing here this morning uh, is that we're already standing in God's grace and in his favor. Let me talk to you about some examples of undeserved favor. Just uh, reading again in, in Luke's gospel and just sparked something in there when I uh, read the story of Mary uh, and of course Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ and, 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 and the, the way that an angel appeared to her and, uh, and began to speak to her. Let me read from verse 26 of Luke's gospel, chapter 21. It says, Now in the sixth month, uh, the the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women." Now, for those of you where grammar is a big thing in spelling, uh, you know, we've got the word favor spelled in the American way in the scriptures, and, and then in the text that I write, I spell it in the New Zealand way. Uh, and so, you know, they say that uh, the word favor is one of about 26 words where the American spelling is different to ours because a lot of Bible translations have been sort of completed in America, and that's the reason there. So if it bothers you, I'm sorry about that, all right? Uh, but please note it says here, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now this is interesting because uh, uh, the Bible then goes on to say that Mary wondered at this greeting. 
It was an unusual one, not one that she had heard before. Now, of course, in Jewish society, they were used to saying shalom, and shalom means peace, it means prosperity, it means blessing, it means all good things, and she was used to that. But when the angel appeared to her and say, he says, rejoice, uh, Mary says, you are highly favored. She thought, this is unusual, I haven't heard this one before. And, uh, you know, in terms of... Uh, special favor, we need to remember that Mary had not earned this special favor that is placed upon her. She had not earned her, her position to become the mother of the Messiah that was promised in the Old Testament. And of course we know that uh, you know, there are certain sectors of within Christendom that, that worship Mary and that ascribe to her a higher place than what God had ever intended. And of course we don't do that. She's a blessed woman, alright, but it also says in there, uh, it says Says, blessed are you among women. It does not say blessed are you above women. It says blessed are you among women. And, and Mary, uh, when she sort of dialogued with the, the angel there and, and so forth, she came to that understanding that what a, what a special privilege it was for her to become the mother of the Messiah that was promised, uh, uh, the man Jesus Christ. Uh, and while I'm on it, I should also say too that Mary is not the mother of God. God doesn't need a mother. All right. <laughs> Mary became the mother of the man Jesus Christ. But, but, but the fact that Jesus Christ is also God, uh, the, the uh, second member of the Trinity, he has existed before he was born through, through Mary. So, you know, God doesn't meet, need a mother. Uh, and so, as I say, we don't accept some of these things that are said about her. But certainly, she was a woman blessed among women, uh, highly favored among women. But the point that I'm trying to make here is this, that she didn't earn this favor. Somewhere in God's providence, God looked upon her and said this one. Uh, and, and, and keep that in mind because we'll move on in just a moment. And, and you will find that God looked at you and he said this one, uh, and this one, and this one. And God's left nobody out. Now as far as Mary was concerned, uh, this whole special favor was bestowed upon her. And when the Bible says that something is bestowed upon us, it immediately means that we didn't earn that. It has been given to us. It was bestowed upon us. All right. Now certainly Mary, uh, according to prophecy, she had to be of the tribe of Judah. That was one of the, one of the uh, criteria that she, she had to fulfill. And of course that in itself was outside of her control. Mary had to be a virgin. Uh, that was very important, of course, because... Uh, uh, Jesus Christ had to have a, a, a virgin birth to, to I guess, to, to, to make sure that there was no interference of man, uh, of a man. Uh, and furthermore, Mary had to have faith. All right. But past and beyond that, Mary did not earn this special favor. Uh, when the angel came to her and he says, Hail Mary, you are highly favored. Uh, it was not like, oh, I've been waiting for you. Uh, you should have come a long time ago. I'm the special one. <laughs> there was none of that because Mary knew that uh, that uh, you know there was just not really all that much that uh, that uh, I guess she contributed uh, in this whole uh, respect. Uh, there is a Bible commentary here that uh, confirms that it says here in, in the Wiersbe Bible commentary it says Gabriel's greeting is literally grace. You who are highly graced, although she was a godly woman. It was God's grace, not Mary's character, that made her God's choice. The phrase highly favored is used of all of God's people in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, where it says, uh, uh, talks about the grace which he freely has bestowed upon us. And you know, sometimes when we study God's word, uh, uh, we use various methods to, to arrive at a certain truth and so forth. And one of those uh, methods uh, is that we look at one particular passage and the wording that is used there, and then we go to other passages in the original text and we find out uh, where else that particular word is used. And of course, uh, as far as that's concerned, that same word that is used when the angel came to Mary and he says, Mary says, you are highly favored. That same uh, passage, or should I say that same word, is used over in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, where it tells us that you and I, as believers, we are highly favored too. Now, we'll get there in just a moment. Let me just uh, read another passage here, which I guess underscores uh, what we're talking about. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, Paul says, Brothers, he says, think of what you were when you were called. 
In other words, when you first got born again, think of it, what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify uh, the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. There's something about grace. There's something about God's favor that, uh, that exempts us from boasting because we haven't deserved it. We haven't earned it. God simply bestowed it upon us. Very important. And right here it tells us, that he says, not many of you were mighty, not many noble ones were called, not many uh, people who are, who are great, I guess, in the world's eyes, because God purposely, it says here, has chosen the weak things of this world. Interesting, too, that uh, Mary was from Nazareth originally because of the census that was happening during that particular time. She had to go up with her husband up to, to, uh, to Galilee, up to, to Bethlehem, and that's where Jesus was born. And, of course, from there they went down to Egypt, uh, and it's all... A, in the scriptures then, they came up from Egypt again uh, when the, uh, the, uh, the Herod had, uh, had died because he, of course, was uh, uh, out to kill uh, Jesus, to kill that newborn king. Uh, and when they came back from Egypt, they settled in Nazareth again. Um, and interesting, too, when, uh, when uh, Jesus went into ministry and it was, there was discussions going on about him, and they says, oh, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Like Nazareth wasn't a special city at all. Nazareth wasn't a famous place like, you know, today when people talk about traveling the world and going to London, to Paris, to Sydney, and all of these famous places. But, but uh, you know, uh, Nazareth has no, had no such status. And God said, there is, a, there is a woman right there. I'll choose her out of a, a woman that's not, that's not earned this special favor, living in a city that's not even a special city. I'm going to choose her to bring forth the Savior. Interesting, too, when we talk about the whole Jewish race, and God said, of course, to Abraham, he says, I've not chosen you, he says, because you were the greatest. He says, I've chosen you because you were the smallest. Abraham, he's a single guy. Uh, when I say one man with, with uh, one woman, well, he was married, and of course they had another woman in there that should have never been, uh, and, uh, and they were all childless, and God chose them, and God says, I'm going to make a great nation of you. Well, that certainly wasn't, uh, wasn't Abraham's uh, earning <laughs> at all. It was God's favor and God's grace, which Abraham received and accepted upon his life. And that's key, because sometimes when we talk about God's favor and God's blessing, sometimes there can be a mental block in people's lives. It's like, well, I'm not worthy of that. Well, well none of us are. Mary wasn't worthy of, the, of that special privilege and that position. Abraham wasn't worthy to be called a, to become the father of many nations. It was part of God's providence for this man, part of God's destiny for him, that these two have received and accepted. And you and I, we've got to receive and accept God's favor and God's blessing upon our lives. And just say, Lord, I receive it. I won't str struggle against it, excuse me. I won't fight against it. I won't question it. I just receive it. Let you will be done in, in my life uh, and, and not my will. Very important. So it says that no one may boast before him. You know, God is always very, very uh, uh, eager that we give the glory to him because if it's God's doing, how can we take credit for it? <laughs> okay. And of course, uh, on the other hand, um, God is not glorified at all when he's bestowed the grace and the favor upon our lives and we, we don't receive it uh, because we feel unworthy of it. And there are some of you that know exactly what I'm talking about. Unworthiness is something that you're struggling against. Unworthiness is something that has embedded itself in your heart and in your mind and you will not fully step into the favor and the, and the grace of God until you deal with that lie, until you deal with that almost like a deception. I'm not worthy. The truth is none of us were worthy. So soon as we're in Christ Jesus, we are worthy. We're not worthy in ourselves, but we're worthy because of Him. He made us worthy. That's that whole aspect of what God has bestowed upon us. 
Very subtle difference. Very subtle difference. Sometimes people, as I said before, uh, we are tempted to try to earn God's favor. And certainly there is, uh, uh, we touched on it a couple of sessions ago, that it is important that we practice righteousness and that we fear God. But that's not really all that uh, difficult. Once we're born again, we just live for Jesus. Praise God. And you know, if we make a mistake, we confess it and he cleanses us and we get on with it. It's not that hard. That's not that difficult. But that whole aspect of unworthiness uh, is something that every believer sooner or later has to deal with and uh, knock down in their lives and just accept God's grace and just accept God's favor. So this passage here uh, that we've just read is just another proof that it is in our social status or our intelligence which motivated God to pour out His grace and His favor upon us. Rather, it was God's mercy and His love that motivated Him to bestow His favor upon us. Sometimes we can be a bit self-absorbed in the sense of, uh, oh, I don't deserve this. Oh, I, uh, I'm not worthy of that, and, and so forth. And God says that really is the operation of doubt and unbelief that needs to be resisted and needs to be got out of our lives and we simply say Lord I receive your grace Lord I accept it I thank you Father I won't fight against it Paul the Apostle says he says I have not frustrated the grace of God you know and you know we use the, the term grace and favor interchangeably and there's some technicality differences here or there but generally speaking for all the intents and purpose it is the same and you know in terms of when God puts his finger on somebody uh, I remember 20 years ago when uh, God called uh, Vanessa and I into the ministry and to call us to plant the church here in, in this city here and, uh, and we had determined the date that we were going to start in January and by now it's about uh, November uh, and we've had prayer meetings with a number of folk and got together and we began to pray about this thing and uh, determined yeah we're going to do this and, and we're going to step out and, and, and so forth and I remember uh, I used to work in the city in Wellington uh, live in Wainuiumata and going back and forth over the hill there I think about things and I ponder and really uh, I came under this oppression of the devil that somehow uh, somehow that I, I didn't that I wasn't the right man for the job that uh, somehow this this was this wasn't a God thing and, and, and the pressure was there that oh what's the point in starting another church there's so many other churches already and, and what's the point in going to ministries uh, into the ministry there's so many other ministers and the truth is there's not enough of them <laughs> and not everybody that starts uh, makes it right through to the end and so see the devil lying to me and I came under that pressure it was almost like an oppression uh, on me and, uh, and I guess what I was doing was that God had pointed to me and he says in terms of a, of a ministry gift pastor teacher this one not anything that I've done to, to deserve it or to, to, to earn it, but God says this one. And I was wrestling with that. I didn't understand it back then as much as what I understand it today. I guess I could have frustrated the grace of God and said, oh, no, this is not for me. This is too big for me. I don't deserve this. I can't do this. And, uh, and yet uh, uh, the breakthrough came. It was, hell. no, we're just going to step out here. God's spoken. We're just going to step out. And out we stepped. And you know, sometimes when you get a breakthrough like that, uh, it pleases God. Uh, and sometimes there, there can be a false humility that creeps in and says, oh, yeah, well, we're not all that special after all. You know, God's special, but we're not. And, uh, and, uh, and God's the great one, but we're not. We're also little and we're also unworthy and everything. And, you know, sometimes when people, uh, you can hear doubt and unbelief in a person's life when people try to create a bigger gap between them and God. So oh, we're just so unworthy, we're just, uh, you know, and he's so worthy, he's so great, we're so little. When people try to create a gap, it may sound good to the soul, but it is not a spirit uh, operation because Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross so that the gap can be diminished rather than made wider. And then when we are saved, the Bible says that we are seated together with Christ in heavenly places. We are seated with Him. So why should we speak of ourselves as, as being so unworthy and that we are not deserving? Of course, we know we're not deserving of the favor, but to go on and on and on and on and on about it will frustrate the grace of God. God says, accept it and begin to confess it. Believe it. Begin to walk in it. Expect my favor and my blessing to work on your life at a greater measure and to a greater degree. So yeah, it's very subtle, very subtle, this whole thing. And as I say, sometimes I get into a setting, uh, 
and you know where people are praying and uh, and people say yeah well that's right we're unworthy and yeah that's right and and so forth and i just can't get excited over that i just i just cannot join in because what i'm hearing is doubt and unbelief it's veiled in a false humility um humility but it's a false humility it's veiled in that it can sound good to the soul but as far as the spirit is concerned this is not right this is not right that we are putting ourselves down and putting ourselves down and God's trying to lift us up uh, and certainly uh, we're not thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to as uh, it tells us in the book of Romans we just have to be sober we just have to accept what God's done in our lives and when something good happens we give the glory to God we're not saying look how great I am it's like look how great God is look what he's done in my life is this helping anybody this morning there is an aspect uh, um, and, and I've got more that I want to share than what's on paper today, all right? But there's an aspect here that I believe God wants me to go around again. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse uh, uh, 8. Uh, it's not in the outline. Uh, we're going up to verse 7, but not up to verse 8. But it says that by grace are we saved through faith, um, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then it says, and, and, and even the faith is not of ourselves, it is of God. And then it says that we are, in verse 10, it says, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We are God's workmanship. That's why it's not a good idea to, to criticize ourselves and to put ourselves down because we are God's workmanship. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, God has raised us up to his own level. We are in his class of being. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Anything less than that is religious garble and tradition that doesn't do God any good. It doesn't do us any good. But the devil thinks the more we can rubbish ourselves and the more we can down ourselves, the more we're creating a bigger gap uh, and, and a gap that gets bigger and bigger rather than closer and closer. God doesn't want there to be a gap between you and me. That's why the blood of Jesus Jesus was shared that God would raise us up to his level. And, uh, and as it says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. It says all things have passed away and all things have become new. Let's excited, get, get excited about all, all the things that are new rather than the things that are old. It says the old things have passed away. All things have become new. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself and given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Hallelujah. Praise God. You just missed an opportunity to shout. I thought I left a gap there for you for you to shout. I purposely left a gap for you to shout. <laughs> oh, praise God. Oh, that's right. That's what I was going to say. So created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We are not created in Christ Jesus because of our works. Because there is that aspect of it. As I said, sooner or later, every believer has to settle that, that I'm saved not because of what I have done, but because of what he has done. And, and salvation, you can't work your way into it. You can't, you can't earn it. You can't buy it. <laughs> All you can do is receive it. Receive the gracious gift of salvation and not wrestle with it. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. That's the passage there that we speak. I was talking about the Bible commentator. It says there in verse 6, it says, So we praise God for the glorious grace that He has poured out on us who belong to His Son, uh, who belong to His dear Son. So it speaks there about that glorious grace in the New Living Translation there. And uh, that is the same uh, passage there uh, where. The New Testament uses the same word when the angel appeared to Mary and he says, How Mary, you are highly favored. Over here in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, ver 1, verse 6, it tells us that every believer is highly favored. God looks upon you with great favor. And you know, ladies, let me just say that, that you've been away to a conference and, and you made a breakthrough and now you see yourself different. God's pleased with that. God gets excited each time when somebody steps forward and, 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 and gets a breakthrough and somebody makes a fresh commitment in one area or another. God gets excited. You know, this whole deal starts with a party in heaven. When somebody gets born again, the Bible says that in, in, in heaven, the angels are rejoicing. There is a party when one person gets born again. 
And that party is like it goes on. And when that same person makes another step towards God, receives more of God's grace and more of his favor, God gets excited over, over that and says, look, here's another one that's uh, reaching out to, to walk in the grace and in the favor that we have bestowed upon them. God gets excited. Let's read that same passage from the Amplified Translation, and it literally has Amplified things out. <laughs> it says, God foreordained us. He destined us, planned in love for us, to be adopted and revealed as his own children through Jesus Christ. And of course, that through Jesus Christ should be underlined. It's not our doing. It's because of what Jesus Christ has done. Because the Bible tells us, Jesus is, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. And then he goes on to say, in accordance with the purpose of his will, because it pleased him and was his kind intent so that we might be to the praise and the commendation of his glorious grace, favor, and mercy, which he so freely bestowed on us in the beloved. Notice again, he bestowed it upon us. He didn't give it to us by way of, of wages for something that we've earned, but he bestowed it upon us. It's undeserved. It says, bestowed it upon us in the beloved. In him we have redemption, deliverance, and salvation through his blood, the remission, forgiveness of our offenses, shortcomings, and trespasses in accordance with the riches and the generosity of his gracious favor. Isn't that thing just power-packed? I mean, there's more than just words in there. Let me tell you, these are awesome truths. Uh, just fantastic stuff. Notice the phrase here in verse 6 where it says, In the Beloved. Now, in the Beloved, the Beloved is, is printed with capital B. It means that this is reference to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And what that means is that God's favor is bestowed upon us the moment we are in the Beloved, the moment we are in Him. And in fact, if you read through the New Testament, and this bears repeating, I know it's been said before, but when the Bible says in Christ or in the Beloved or in Him, it is reference to things that you and I can access not because of us, but because of Him. Because we are in Christ. Uh, scripture that I quoted before in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, If any man is in Christ. You see, when you are born again, you are in Christ. We are in Him. And it is in Him that we have redemption. It is in Him that we have healing. It is in Him that we have accept acceptance from the Father. It is in Him that we have peace. All of these things are in Him. <laughs> God's favor is bestowed upon you from the moment you are in Christ. And as I say, you can see this a little bit like a doorway. People in the world and people in the kingdom of God. And that doorway is, is Jesus Christ, salvation. Uh, God's put out His grace on all people alive. But the only way that they can access the fullness of it is if they receive salvation grace and they step in through that door to be in the kingdom of God and to be in Christ. And when you're in Christ, my friend, you suddenly can access all of these good things that were denied to you before because that is like a first step. In other words, God's favor is not on us because of us, but because of Jesus Christ. And the devil has very uncannily managed to trick Christians into thinking that, oh, that can happen because you haven't done this and you haven't done that. And there's always something else in, in the devil's mind and in, according to his lies, there's always something else that we have to do before we can receive of God's grace. And it happens so subtly. It happens so, and sure, you know, there are some, some things we have to walk with God, and, and sure, but you know, it is assumed when we get born again that we love Jesus, we want to live for Him, that we want to do what God's Word says. It is assumed that that is the case. And as it says that we practice righteousness, and practicing allows for some mistakes, God knows we're not perfect. I tell you what, I know I'm not perfect. I tell you what, <laughs> ask my wife, she knows I'm not perfect. She reminds me of it every now and then <laughs> praise God in fact we work on each other <laughs> and, uh, and uh, we're sometimes quite upfront about these things I tell you 
And it's good. It helps us because we're both grown up. We can handle it. We're not in denial. <laughs> Praise God. I tell you what, the ladies are back from the conference. I tell you, the ladies are, I mean, they were excited before they left, but they're really excited now. Oh, I'll tell you, they're armed and dangerous. Watch out, devil. And watch out, slack husband. Watch out. But I tell you what, they're better wives now because they've, they've been away. And, and they're Proverbs 31 women, virtuous women, I tell you. Fantastic. It's so cool. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, undeserved. Undeserved, but we receive it nevertheless. Let me read this <laughs> bold print again. In other words, it says that God's favor is not on us because of us, but because of Jesus Christ. And this is what sets Christianity apart from a lot of these other faiths and religions. And, and I hate using the word religion, really, because we're not into religion. We are into a relationship with our Savior called Jesus Christ. But that's what sets us apart, that in, in a lot of these other faiths, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to do that, you've got to knock on so many doors before you, you know, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. And, and God says, uh, uh, in, in, as far as Jesus Christ is concerned, just receive the grace and the favor. Just, just accept it for what it is. Yes, yes, repent of your sins. And, and yes, uh, 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 surrender your life to Jesus Christ. That is the only way that we can get in. But once we are, let's not be shy. Let's not be shy. Let's not be religious about these things. Let's say, Lord, I'm going to walk in everything that you have determined for me. Friend, favor and grace um, in God's providence. God has got so many, so many things destined for, for individuals that will only come to pass if we get comfortable with the grace of God in our lives. As I say, in terms of any minister will tell you, that, uh, you know, um, you'll typically find that you, you talk to ministers about the way that, that they sense the call of God and the way that they felt disqualified for it and, and not uh, up to it and not, you know, because really it's sort of quite a deal. It's a supernatural sort of a deal. And it can only be fulfilled with supernatural power, which means right there, well, in myself, I haven't got any supernatural power. It's all of God. And, uh, you know, the whole deal of, uh, of uh, pastoring, uh, shepherding God's people, the whole deal of teaching God's people, or, or if people are uh, apostles or prophets, which I'm not, but there's various callings and so forth. You ask, uh, most ministers will say that they felt totally inadequate. And God says, that's a good thing. Because then you know that the good things that will be happening in and through your ministry is not of you. Jesus says, give me all the glory and let me pour more grace upon your life. So that there's grace upon grace. There's glory upon glory. There's blessing upon blessing. There's increase upon increase. I remember the struggles, the wrestles, the wrestles that I had in breaking through to the point of saying, all right, God, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. You know, some of you ladies, you know, you know, stepping up in front of a crowd, that was probably one of my biggest things. It's like that whole public speaking aspect. And I remember meeting a, a minister years ago, and he was uh, destined to, in, in, his, in his natural self, he was destined to become a, a radio announcer. Boy, is he good with words. This guy, just good with words. Just amazing, you know. Public speaking, no problem. And he said when the call of God came on his life, he had to really work this thing out. It's like, hey, you know, is this me or is this God? Because, I mean, in terms of getting up before people, no problem. He's just very good, a very good communicator. If I mention his name, some of you would know him. And, and, and he wrestled with this, with this thing, but I wrestled with it in a different way. <laughs> all right? You understand? Me? We're all coming from different streams and from different positions. But whatever it is, all of us have to accept the grace and the favor on our lives. There's something in there. I'm make a little ahead announcement already. Uh, in, in, in some weeks to come, God willing, we'll be speaking about marketplace ministers. And there's something in God where God has determined believers to be what we call marketplace ministers. Now, not everybody in the body of Christ is an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, or a teacher, but everybody's a minister. All right? Everybody has a function. And some people's function primarily happens within the house. 
uh, and, and most people's function happens outside of the house. And because we've got a ministry in the house and a ministry outside of the house, but in terms of the, of the, the primary function, marketplace, ministers function in the marketplace. They function in the factory. They function in the, in the, in the offices uh, of the world. They function in the, in the government places. They function in the boardroom. They function on, out on the road, uh, traveling around us. Who knows, salespeople or, or whatever, marketplace ministers. Just doing the thing that God has called them to do to extend the kingdom of God through the graces and the favors that God has released into their life. Friend, when you go to work on Sunday morning, you're doing more than just earning money. You're there to represent the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. And God is a function other than putting in 40, 50 hours and going home again. God wants to extend the grace and the favor upon your life to push you further out there and to give you more influence. Marketplace ministers, there you are. It was a little commercial. Praise God. In the beloved. That's where it all is. In Christ. In Him we are accepted. Outside Him we are not. In Him we are blessed. Outside of Him we are not. In Him <laughs> we've got redemption. Outside of Him we don't. And friend, at some point, every one of us have to accept all of God's favor and all of God's grace upon our lives. And they're graces, plural. Graces, plural. There's a grace for leadership. There's a grace for, for uh, working with old people. There's a grace working for, with young people. There's a grace to be a politician. There's a grace to be in, in the field over here doing this, and there's a grace for that. Different graces. And God doesn't chumble it all up and pour it out and say, grab what you can. God has determined a preset set of graces for each and every one of us. And God wants us to step into the full array of it rather than, I'll have this, that I'm uncomfortable with, but I'll have this. And it doesn't stop. <laughs> it just, there's increase upon increase. God's just stirring my heart now in the area of ministry for graces that previously I've struggled with and perhaps wrestled with. And, and God's used my wife to point it out to me. I didn't see it, but now I see it. And I say, Lord, forgive me. I want to receive everything that you have for me. And anyway, it's not about me. It's about what you want to do in and through my life. You see, as a calling... There's a grace, and there are graces, favors. I remember when Vanessa and I got saved way back. <laughs> way back makes us sound like fossils, doesn't it? <laughs> Praise God, some 25, 26, 27 years ago, whatever it was, and because Vanessa got saved before me, um, and... Uh, Sorry, you, you've been cheeky there. <laughs> uh? We're having some fun sometimes. Anyway, um, praise God. So, so we got saved, and I remember as soon as we were saved, we started to devour the Word of God, and, uh, and uh, we started to read the Bible together from cover to cover. In fact, I've just started again. I've, my Bible reading has become a little bit haphazard, so I thought, right, I'm going to get on a Bible reading plane. I'm going to read through the Bible uh, in, in, in one year, man, this is besides what I need to do for studying, just for my, my own personal edification. And we read through the Bible together there. We sat down every evening and just read through this whole thing uh, in less than a year we did. And, uh, and somewhere along the line, you know, we stop and we discuss things and we talk about things. And, and at one point the question was raised, how is it that we are saved? And how is it that they are not saved? And, uh, you know... There, there, there is, there, we're becoming more and more in, in, in this country here, but, uh, but uh, we're more now than what we were 25 years ago. There are more believers uh, in New Zealand now, but you know, I guess 25 years ago, they weren't, you didn't run into that many Christians. And, and we said, how is it that we are saved? And, and how come they're not saved? And, uh, and you know, we sort of wrestle with that question. Well, no, somehow, maybe, somehow, oh, surely not. Maybe, maybe somehow special, and they're not. And, uh, you know, we're sort of wrestling with this thing and, and, and so forth. And in the end, I guess the, the simple answer to it is the reason why we are saved is because somebody shared the good news with us of Jesus Christ and his sacrificial death on the cross. And we repented of our sins and we accepted God's grace and his favor, surrendered our lives. That's why we are saved. 
And so it's not anything to do with special. Everybody is special in God's sight, but, but in, terms of, in, in terms of coming into, uh, into Christ, uh, then that's when you're really special. And uh, so I guess the whole deal is uh, uh, we could ask the question, why are we saved and not others? Well, it comes down to the fact that uh, we've heard the gospel. We've had the special, the special privilege of hearing the gospel. Friend, it is a privilege to hear the gospel, and it is a privilege to share it with others so that they too can come into this favorite place that God has for everybody. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Uh, Titus chapter 2 uh, verse tells us. Verse well, I don't know what the verse is. What was it again, uh, Richard? <laughs> you knew it last week. Praise God. <laughs> Richard is my concordance when I'm preaching. Praise God. Anyway, so there's just a good thing that the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Let me read from Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verse, and I'll shut down very shortly. I just realized now that it's now time to wind down. Uh, <laughs> Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 38, and Mary says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And you know what? There's a key here. As I said, in terms of earning, she hasn't earned a thing, but she had to have faith. When the angel came and announced that she was going to be pregnant and she hadn't been with a man, and even though she was engaged, you know, they waited back then, doing the right thing. They, they waited having sex before, be, until after they got married, which is a good thing. And how, have you know that God's standard haven't changed? So it's a good thing to, to live right so that the full favor and the full blessing of God can, we can enjoy. But anyway, she says, how can this be, seeing I don't know a man? And the angel told her that, uh, you know, the power of the highest will overshadow her and so forth. We don't have time to get into all the details. But in the end, she says, all right then. It's like, okay, well, let it be unto me according to your word. I don't understand it. I haven't earned it. I can't figure this out. But let it be unto me according to your word. Friend, that is one of the best positions that you and I can get to in terms of the graces of God. It's all right. I can't figure it all out. But Lord, whatever. Whatever you want to do in my life, do it. Wherever you want to move me and maneuver me into as far as your, your grace and your providence is concerned, God, just do it. I, I'm, I'm happy with that. I embrace that. I haven't got it all figured out, but whatever it is, Lord, let it be unto me according to your word. And so that's the deal. We don't figure everything out as far as God's grace is concerned, but there's something about just accepting it, and there's something about confessing it. And I've got a prayer. I'm just going to skip right to the end there. I've got a prayer there. It's part prayer, part confession. And what we're going to do is I'm going to read a line, and you're going to uh, declare it after me. So we don't do it together. I do a line, you do a line, and, and, and we're going to do it loud. Because what we're saying here to God this morning is, Lord, we haven't got it all figured out, but we, we receive it. Uh, Lord, we, we don't understand all the ins and outs, but Lord, whatever you want to do in my life, we're just going to declare, and that's part of the operation of faith, that we begin to agree with it. We let our mouth declare that which God has said. We agree with God. We get into alignment with God so that His grace and His favor can flow at a high level. Is everybody all right for that? Yeah. Let's stand to our feet together, uh, and let's pray this prayer out aloud. Let me just say, too, that if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. You're still not quite sure whether you're going to go to heaven. If you pray this prayer with your, with your whole heart, you'll be born again at the end of it all, and you will be in Christ. But if that's the case, I want you to, to come and talk to me afterwards once we close the service. I would like to shake your hand, and I would like to talk to you about, about the next step from there on. But anyway, here we go. Um, I'm going to start. You're going to pray after me. Everybody ready? Yeah. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father. I surrender my life to you wholly and completely. Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. I accept your grace and your favor upon my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, because I'm in you. God's favor flows freely in my life. Let it be done to me according to your word. I am blessed everywhere and in every way. Your favor causes me to prosper. I'm going up in the world. Blessings are upon me and they overtake me. All my needs are met. I humble myself under the mighty hand of God and He exalts me in due time. I do not grow weary in doing good 
For in due season I will reap. Due season is now. I reap right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise God. Glory. Woo. Hallelujah.